It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, and today on the show, I have a special guest that I'm going to welcome in here in just a minute or two. You guys know this if you've been listening for a while. I'm not really a big interview guy. I can probably count on two hands how many interviews that we've done over the seven years that we've done this show. Because I think a lot of the time, those interviews just end up being fluff, and it's kind of filler. And if it's coaches or players, it's almost always just a bunch of coach speak. And that's just not what we do. That's not what we are about here on the Glory UGA podcast. We try to take the analysis to the next level, dig deep, give you those deep dives, actually talk some hardcore X and O stuff to help you really understand exactly what you're seeing every fall Saturday. So we are usually very selective about who we bring on the podcast to interview, but today We've got a good one for you. We've got a guest that fits exactly with the type of sports talk in Georgia football coverage that we value because he is anything but fluff. But first, before we get there, just a quick update on the Apple Podcast reviews, trying to keep you guys up to date with where we stand with that. We are all the way up to 282 five-star reviews now. We've clearly blown by the 275 goal that we set a couple weeks ago, and we are well on our way to 300, which at the risk of being greedy, that is our new and revised goal for five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts by the time September 4th rolls around when we kick off in Charlotte against Clemson. And if we get to those 300 reviews and we also get up to 500 followers on Instagram, we're adding more and more followers there every single day. I'm trying to give you guys a lot of good content there on a day-by-day basis. So if we get to 500 followers on Instagram, 300 Apple Podcasts, five-star reviews, then we will do an Instagram live session where we can interact directly with all of you guys. I think that will be a lot of fun and they'll bring a lot of value to the show. And if also, if we get to 500 followers on our Glory UGA Podcast Facebook page, which we have reactivated after a couple of dormant years, then we will also do a Facebook live session for those of you who are big on Facebook. So thank you guys. You know how much we appreciate it. Thank you for everything that you have already done to support our podcast. But we are working on some big things behind the scenes that will allow us to continue to bring you our unique brand of Georgia football coverage for 
years to come. That That's the goal. We want to make that possible, and we're trying to work on some things behind the scenes to make that possible, and also just to make the show even better, to take it to the next level, but we can't do that without you guys. That's just the reality. We can't do any of it without you. We need your help to make those things possible, so if you are so inclined and you enjoyed the show, please consider helping us out by rating and reviewing the podcast, giving us those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Glory UGA Podcast. Even if you've never done Instagram, I'm honestly trying to figure out Instagram myself. I, again, I sound so old saying this, but I've just never really gone down the Instagram rabbit hole. But now that people have been begging me for months and months, really over a year to do so, I've obviously bitten the bullet, done it, and I'm following people myself and having a great time. There's actually a lot of really great content on Instagram. So if you were like me and were resistant for whatever reason and were kind of late to the Instagram party, it's not too late to get on that. It's another way that we can really connect with you guys and give you even more content to really kind of enhance what we already do here on the Glory UGA podcast. So download Instagram if you don't have it. Follow us at Glory UGA podcast. And obviously, if you already have Instagram, you know how the deal works. Go ahead and follow us there. Interact with us. And then follow us on our Facebook page as well. That is all a huge, huge help. All right, guys. We had him on the podcast about this time last year. I know things were kind of crazy with COVID, but I think it was about this time last year. And we're very excited to have him on again this year. He is the publisher of Pick 6 Previews, which for my money is hands down, no contest, the most in-depth and insightful, not to mention accurate college football preview out there on the market today. You guys know we like to dig deep beyond the casual fan layer of football here on the Glory UJ podcast, and nobody does that better than today's guest, Brett Siancha. Brett, welcome back to the Glory UGA podcast. Yeah, thanks, Tyler, for having me back on. And uh, thanks to the listeners out there for, for hanging with me after last year. Of course, last year I picked Florida to, to win the SEC East. And I know a lot of you didn't like that pick. It came true. I think you're going to like this year's pick a lot better. And we'll hope this one comes true for you, too, with, uh, with Georgia winning the East, winning the conference, and going to the playoffs. So we'll get into that in a little bit. But a uh, quick background on me, uh, Pick 6 Previews I launched in 2012, uh, you know, a college football preview book just like you see on newsstands and online. Um, over those first nine years, I've been graded the most accurate BCS Power 5 predictor in the country uh, by staff and accuracy who, who grades these over the last 30 years. So uh, I have the accuracy title there. After the 2019 book, I received my Heisman Trophy ballot, uh, really the ultimate honor there. And, uh, yeah, I'm just excited to get this 10th edition out there, the 21 book. Um, it's the end result of a ton of film study, my analytics, so kind of a balance there, but calling coaches, calling coordinators, and listening into the local uh, you know, podcasts and radio just like this one. So I'm uh, excited to break it down for everybody. Absolutely. And Brett, we're obviously going to get to a lot of football here in just a second, but after that intro, I just got to ask you, because this is one thing that I've personally just been wondering since I've gotten into your, into your previews, do you do this entire operation by yourself? Yes, sir. It's a, it's a full one-man operation. This really blows people away. Uh, yeah, Unbelievable. So the whole thing, I, I do all 65 teams. Um, you know, I, I research them all. I watch their spring games. You know, in, on fall Saturdays, I have four screens going for 14 hours, noon till 2 a.m., and on Sunday, I'm watching reruns and highlights, right? Um, but, yeah, it's a seven-month process. I tell people, once the confetti drops on the national title stage, it's book time for me. I, I, I hunker down for – the next seven months writing this thing and researching and like I said, calling around coaches, head coaches and coordinators. Um, yeah. So it's just, uh, you know, then of course 
you write the thing, then you got to edit it, you got to reread it, edit it again. Uh, the rosters change. I know that's got to be a headache for you. Oh, I was just about to say this year of all years with this transfer portal, uh, the amount of times I've deleted full paragraphs, right? And you're editing and you're like, oh, this guy, this starter transferred, this, you know, all conference guy transferred. It, it was crazy. So, um, you know, but with that said, though, I think that I am able to, since my product is digital, once I hit release there, it's, it's public. So, or, you know, once it's published, I was able to get all the up-to-date transfer portal and transfers in there. Uh, while the other books had to go to print in April and on the newsstands in May, um, I caught up with all that post-spring activity, which is uh, you know, record-setting highs of transfers. It's just unbelievable. It just really is. That's unbelievable. I got to tip my cap to you, man, and just say thank you for the service because let's make no mistake about this. Like What you do, it's a service to the college football fan, man. It's, it's unbelievable. It's just an incredible resource. And I'm telling you guys, I, if you guys aren't familiar with Pick 6 Previews, we had them on last year. If you missed that, if you're new to the show, you got to check it out this year, no doubt about it. I think you'll figure that out really quickly if you haven't already once we get into some of these questions. So I just want to put that out there. I had that question, man, because that just – it kind of blows my mind. I don't, I, everything that I read, it just seems like you were doing it by yourself. But it's just – I can't even wrap my mind around that. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Uh, what motivated me to get into it really was you start to see some of these national guys. They only cover a handful of teams. I mean, they talk Clemson right. and Bama and Ohio State. And I just – you know, being a college football diehard and – uh, I just knew there were 66, you know, unique stories out there. Each one of these programs has their own history, traditions, and, and roster development, so, and schemes, and X's and O's. So I wanted to give the reader, you know, a deep dive into all 66 of these, deeper than the ones you see on newsstands, too, the ones that kind of just will tell you how many returning starters and what their heights and weights are. I, I really try and give you unique angles, whether it be recruiting, uh, recruiting trends, coordinator grades, X's and O's, calls with coaches, right? So um, I hope that pops off the page. It does, man. You absolutely hit the mark. But let's get into these questions. Let's talk some Georgia football here. As you mentioned at the outset, I, I know a lot of Georgia fans. Yeah, we, we heard from some people last year after we had you on. They were upset with you, at least a little bit upset with you about this time last year because heading into the 2020 season, as you mentioned, you picked the Florida Gators to represent the SEC East in Atlanta. And hey, I, I, I wish I didn't have to do this, but we got to. We got to give you credit. I wish it didn't happen, but it did. So I got to give you credit there. You nailed it. But uh, this year, from the Georgia fan perspective, all is right in the world again because this year you are picking the dogs over the Gators to win the SEC East. So I'll put it to you simply here. Brett, why Georgia over Florida in 2021? Yeah, so in the same sense that this time last year, Georgia was going through an offensive transition scheme-wise and quarterback-wise. There were some, you know, some uncertainties there. Florida's going through that now. Um, with the star power gone, a quarterback with Kyle Trask gone, uh, Kyle Pitts, the, obviously the big frame tight end, and Kadarius Tony, the do-it-all X-factor weapon from the slot. So they lose a ton of offensive firepower. And usually a staple of their program is their defense, their, their blitz-happy attacking defense. That really took a step back last year. They couldn't stop anybody. Um, so some uncertainties on both sides of the ball. Now you look at Georgia, they already went through their transition offensively. You saw it. Unfortunately, it didn't take place in spring and summer, given the, the virus year. Uh, it had to happen, uh, you know, on the job training, if you will. Those first seven games were really, you know, moving quarterbacks around, trying to install this Todd Monken vertical passing attack. And it didn't really click until JT Daniels came in. But really, once he did, this offense looked completely different and really unlocked Monken's system. More vertical deep shots. You see it on film, but you see it in the numbers as well. Um, so, yeah, so that, and all that returning production on offense is back. And, I know you missed Pickens, but you picked up Gilbert out of the out of the transfer portal, a five-star tight end from LSU. So really love the offense. 
and historically Georgia always fields a top five defense. So with the proven staff on that side of the ball, I know you lose six starters on defense, but uh, hey, it's the number one recruiting roster the last five years, last three years, and uh, Dan Lanning and, and Kirby Smart always put together a defense. So I think it's a more complete team. And to put it simply, you know, in a, in a one sentence, you know, they always have the defense with Georgia. Now you have an elite uh, vertical pass and uh, modernized offense to pair it with and a five-star arm. So a lot to like with Georgia. Florida has the question marks this year. Yeah, it's almost like the roles have been reversed from last year. I totally agree with you there. So you've got Georgia winning the East, which for Georgia fans, that's step one. There, I'm telling you, Brett, there's high expectations here in Athens this year. So that's step one. But you don't have the dog stopping there. You actually have them doing one of the few things that Kirby Smart has yet to do as a head coach, and that is, of course, beat the old boss, Nick Saban. You are picking the dogs to finally get over that Bama hurdle and win Kirby Smart's second SEC title. So I guess similarly to last question, why is this the year the dogs finally unseat the tide? Yeah, so uh, and you know, to the national viewers and, and people outside the SEC footprint, they, they know that Alabama's had a long win streak over Georgia. But really two of those, I mean, and my numbers say it, the, the win probability say it, and, and you, you watch the games, and I don't want to bring up you know, scarring memories, but Georgia should have beaten them two of those three times, that SEC yeah. title game and that playoff national title. Really should have won the games. Um, you know, I don't think it's that far of a stretch to say. So um, they're right there with them on the recruiting trail. You know, number one, number two, they, they go back and forth there, whatever service you're looking at. It's the two best rosters on paper, uh, some of the best staffs in the game. They played close the last two times they met. Obviously, last year, you know, call it what you want. This offense wasn't really fully developed yet, and it wasn't even the, the end result, you know, JT Daniels and the whole bit. So um, for, for, for comparison's sake, I'll throw that one out. Georgia's right there. I think what really, uh, you know, how they take that next step this year is there's a window of opportunity there in the SEC where Alabama, I know they reload every year, but this year is a bigger one than ever. We're talking about three Heisman candidates gone. No offense has ever had that in college football history. Uh, not just that, but their offensive coordinator, Sarkeesian's gone. There's no guarantee that that passing of the torch will, will, uh, will click with Bill O'Brien um, taking over the play calling and the scheming. Uh, not just that, but two All-American linemen gone six NFL first-round picks and uh, NFL draft record gone. So, yeah, they always reload, but this one's bigger than ever. Um, and I think that there's a window there. I think Georgia executes. Yeah, I totally agree. I think this is the window, and you're exactly right. I'm actually glad to hear someone else say that because we get called homers, obviously, running a Georgia podcast. So when I say, oh, well, you know what, we, we very easily could have won the national title, could have beaten them in 2018. It was just a play here, a play there, or right there, or a missed call, maybe, I don't know, Tyler Simmons onside, whatever. Uh, so it's good to hear somebody else outside the Georgia fan base actually say that. Cause I think you're right. The, and that was before we'd actually built our roster out or, and uh, we've certainly done that now. And there's that window. Like we're not necessarily rebuilding. This is kind of what Kirby's been building too. Bama. It's hard to ever say they're rebuilding, but there's, I think you said it right. They're reloading. So I think there's a chance there. I, I'm kind of with you, but all right. I, I want to have some fun with this next question. So you have the dogs win the East. You have them winning the SEC championship, which means, you also, of course, if you win the SEC championship, you're going to be in the college football playoffs. So you also have Georgia as one of your four college football playoff picks. Now, this is a little bit of a different question. Have a little fun with it. But if you don't mind, just if you can humor me here, finish this sentence for me. Georgia will win the national championship in 2021 if? If that secondary uh, plays up to their potential on paper. Um, so there is a slight question mark there in the secondary. 
And I did take a leap of faith here, uh, you know, given Kirby Smart's track record uh, as a safety himself, a defensive back himself, uh, and the way that they reload their secondary each year, um, kind of a, a leap of faith that they'll continue at an elite level. Um, but, yeah, so you need some guys to step up. You lose Eric Stokes. You lose LeCount. Uh, both both All-American honors. Uh, and even a starting corner, Stevenson, transferred out. So, you know, a lot of those spots are going to be new starters. Now, with that said, these are, t- these are five-star guys like, uh, like Ringo, top 100 prospects like Nylon Green and Jalen Kimber. Um, and you did really win the transfer portal, if you want to put that in quotes. You know, uh, yeah. so-and-so, they won the transfer portal. Georgia did it uh, by pulling in an All-American guy, Tyke Smith, the safety from West Virginia, a Clemson uh, contributor. I don't know how much starting time he got uh, with Kendrick. And then uh, I already mentioned Gilbert on offense. But, yeah, so – if that secondary gels and really plays up the five-star billings and, and, and all-conference, all-American players, then that defense is complete again, and then thus the entire roster is complete. So a little leap of faith there. We're going to need that unit to uh, play to its maximum potential to unlock the whole team. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Yeah, I think that's very fair. We've talked about that a lot this season, this offseason. You're exactly right there. So I think the secondary clearly is the obvious I don't want to say weakness, but certainly the biggest question mark going into this 2021 season. Do you see any other like potential concerns, maybe some positions where Georgia's not quite as strong or deep as they are at other positions going into this season? Well, with receiver, I mean, it, it always hurts losing your proven guy with George Pickens. Um, you know, we, I, I've seen enough out of uh, the pair of, you know, Kiaris Jackson and Smith, uh, especially the sprinter speed from Kiaris Jackson. I think that right. I've seen enough out of them that I think they'll be fine there. Uh, you know, Jermaine Burton, also excellent route runner. Um, so I think they'll be fine there. But again, that's one of those where it's not a total known. It's, a, it's I think. So if you're really going to nitpick at one of the best rosters in the country, uh, maybe there. I know they're replacing two offensive line, but again, uh, linemen. But again, that's one of those uh, position units that's always a staple year in and year out. You think, okay, Georgia offensive line, you know, they're top five without a doubt. Um, three starters back. And yeah, there are two, two holes there you're filling. But um, if anyone has a proven uh, track record there in offensive line, it's Georgia. So those are two, you know, areas of slight concern if you're nitpicking. But uh, given the roster talent, um, their track records of player development, 
and even some uh, some glimpses last year from the receivers, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, you used the right word there. I think nitpicking is a perfect word. I, nobody, I don't know if we have a if George has a per, a perfect roster, but at this point, I, you're just kind of nitpicking, just trying to find issues outside that secondary. So yeah, I, I think that's a very fair way to look at it. But okay, I, I do want to ask you about a few of George's opponents this season. And we all expect Florida to, be, to, to still be good, losing some guys, but they're still going to be a good team. We know Alabama is not really going to go anywhere. They're not falling off the face of the earth. But who in the SEC East might be a, a sleeper team to watch out for that maybe not enough people are paying attention to right now? I've got one in mind myself, but I'm curious what you're thinking here. Yeah, so assuming that Florida is not a sleeper, I know they get a lot of yeah. uh, a lot of coverage. They're probably top 20 by most publications. So uh, throwing them out, I'd probably go Kentucky next. Um, just with Mark Stoops, there, you know, he's got a proven formula there that works. It's um, offensive line development. He's got multiple All-American and All-Conference linemen again. It's going to be a power rushing attack. Chris Rodriguez, one of the best running backs in the league. Uh, Kavassier Smoth, also a nice uh, second punch there at running back. And uh, and yeah, they they they're, they always bring in a solid defense too. It's kind of like the old-fashioned style. This was Georgia's uh, brand a couple years ago when they were still the the power smash mouth team from the '80s. So I don't know if that's really going to keep pace with Georgia's high-flying offense this year. Um, but, you know, I hate to bring this up, but, like, if it's, like, a, a rainy game and there's wind and, you know, it's muddy, Kentucky's a team that might pull an upset. They could grind out a game like that win 10-9 or something. But um, I don't think they'll be able to keep pace with Georgia's offense. Uh, the, the lack of a passing attack at Kentucky is a glaring flaw. But otherwise, it's a pretty solid team. Yeah, that's actually the one I had in mind. And, and you're right, the passing attack's always kind of been that fatal flaw for Kentucky. But I'm interested with Will Levis coming in from Penn State, Wondell Robinson coming in from Nebraska. If maybe that changes a little bit, I don't know. New offensive coordinator. But that's certainly a team I'm watching out for. I, I don't want to say, if you're a Georgia fan, I'm not saying you should be scared, but I'm saying you should respect Kentucky. Because that's a team, as you said, like on any given day, if you don't play up to your capability, they're capable of, of, of certainly making a game of it. There's no doubt there. Uh, and now, look, we also have three teams in the SEC East bringing in new head coaches with Josh Heupel at Tennessee. We've got Shane Beamer over at South Carolina and Clark Lee at Vanderbilt. So maybe we can kind of throw Vanderbilt out of this question, but I'm going th- to be nice and just include them in this. But which of those coaches and programs do you think will prove to be the biggest threat for Georgia? Maybe not so much this year, but down the road. Like, Which one of those programs gets, gets their program built quick enough to become a real threat to Georgia? Yeah, so with this one, I'm going to kind of use a cop-out and go with both, but I'll give you different reasons why. I mean, uh, I think specifically head coach-wise, I like the South Carolina hire better with Shane Beamer. Um, You know, you're talking about a – you know, he wasn't a coordinator. He wasn't a head coach anywhere. He's a former receiver with a, you know, a charismatic personality. What does that remind you of? That's the exact formula of Dabo Sweeney. Now, of course, I'm not going to put that kind of of expectation on him, but – what I'm getting at is a little outside the hire or um, sorry, outside the box hire. And uh, wow. he brought in a great offensive scheme. He worked alongside of Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. Um, and then his coordinator worked with Joe Brady at LSU. So you're talking about a, a real nice scheme going forward there and a nice recruiting pipeline. But so I think that that was the better uh, head coach hire, but back to my answer about both, I think as a program talking about five, 10, 20 years down the road, Tennessee is the more proven commodity in the terms in the long landscape of college football history, where right now we know they're in their, their worst period ever. Um, but they still have all those financial resources, the, the diehard crazy fan base. You all see them on Twitter. Um, and, oh, yeah. uh, you know, always, always a proven top 10 or top 15 recruiter. So I, 
you know, I, I think and I know that Tennessee will be back eventually. It's a matter of which head coach unlocks their potential back to what they used to be. I can't say the same about South Carolina. Um, historically, they've been a below-average program over the long haul. Um, of course, Steve Spurrier brought them into some nice heights and 10-win seasons, but that really that period under Spurrier was really the outlier uh, amongst their overall history, while with Tennessee, this down period is the outlier. So program-wise, I think Tennessee eventually will come back. Head coach-wise, probably Beamer was the better hire in the short term, and we'll see. Yeah, I like the way you look at that. That's a very interesting way to, to especially with Shane Beamer, that comparing him to Dabo Sweeney, it kind of makes sense. Obviously, he hasn't accomplished what Dabo Sweeney's accomplished, but kind of being an outsider hire, that's that's a really good comparison. I haven't heard anyone say that before. I'll it's tell you what, Tyler. I said that on a South Carolina show, and the guy almost threw me off the call because it was a fun <laughs> of South Carolina. And I was like, hey, hey, hear me out. Hear me out. It's positive. It's positive. But, um, yeah. But no, it, really, but, uh, it, it makes a lot of sense. I, yeah, I, we'll I mean, I'll be fair. Honestly, I hope he doesn't turn out to be Dabo Swinney. I'll be honest. <laughs> but, I mean, I, it, the comparison here coming in, it kind of makes sense. Um, all right, Brett, I want uh, just a couple more here for you real quick. I want to take you off the SEC radar for this next question because I think this is going to provide our fans uh, a lot of insight into why your preview is the best out there and why they should invest in it. Because i got to give you a lot of credit. Most of preseason publications, they're very chalky in their preseason projections. Uh, they are usually pretty risk-averse and generally kind of just side with prevailing opinion, just like trying to not be wrong, and I get that. But you emphatically did not do that this year because you have North Carolina, the North Carolina Tar Heels, as one of your four college football playoff picks. I love it. I love it. So for our listeners out there, just make the case for North Carolina as a playoff team this year. Yeah, well, thanks for the praise. I think uh, speaking to your outside-the-box thinking there, I, I agree. Um, what's kind of helped me separate from the other publications is I think we have a different approach. I think that most publications, they have a starting point in their mind. They put some teams down on paper every year. They know that they're going to pick Alabama and pick Ohio State and Clemson uh, and then work backwards. I do it the other way. I have an open, clean slate. You know, the paper is empty. I don't pencil anybody in. I really dig into all 66 of these myself rather than having a whole staff covering different teams and trying to cross-compare. And then I make the case for each one all the way up. So, uh, yeah, so with UNC and Clemson specifically – um, this is the first time really there's been a threat from the ACC Coastal. Uh, first time that you can't really just pencil Clemson in to win the conference. Uh, with that, coupled with the Georgia opener, I think Georgia wins that game, giving Clemson zero margin of error the rest of the way. So, but specifically with UNC, what I love is their offense. Um, I spoke with their coordinator, Phil Longo, just an offensive genius, the way he's paired his air raid pass principles on the outside with a downhill physical run game up the middle. So it's kind of got both things going, the run-the-pass balance. Sam Howell's a Heisman candidate. I know everyone here has heard of him. He was a uh, top-five quarterback last year. He's easily top three this year in every metric. Um, an NFL-sized offensive line up front, bringing all five guys back, averaging 6'5", 325, and they're all like three-year starters. Um, and, yeah, so one question mark that a lot of people were giving me was – well, there's two, but the first one was, hey, they lost all their receivers and running backs. And, while that is true that they sent four guys to the pros, uh, hidden there, if you dig a little bit deeper, is Bo Corrales is a three-year starter. Yeah. He missed part of 2020. He's now back healthy, bringing a Good huge frame in the red zone. Uh, and, yeah, you lose Deami Brown. His brother, Choffrey Brown, actually is faster than him, beats him in, uh, in foot races, and now it's like their next vertical threat down the field. He's going to be incredible. Uh, and at running back, they brought in Ty Chandler, a multi-year starter from Tennessee. 
So while on paper these guys aren't in bold and called returning starters, I mean, these are, these are all conference caliber players. So I love the offense. And quickly with the defense, uh, this thing has been building for a couple years now. Mac Brown has stacked three top 15 classes. And uh, you started to see these guys break through the lineup as true freshmen and redshirt freshmen last year. Uh, On-the-job training, like I said, for Georgia's offense. Same was true for UNC's defense last year, these young guys. And after their bye week, down the stretch, they played top 20 defense. Um, and all that's back, 10 starters back, uh, blue chips everywhere, a quarterback, a cornerback duo, one of the best in the country, and, uh, and depth along the line. So if, if, I, if it sounds like I'm ranting here, I'm just trying to really sell my pitch here. Uh, lastly is the schedule. Uh, yeah. Very manageable this year. They lucked out with this where no their big non-conference, yeah, their big non-conference game is Notre Dame, who I, I believe is going to go through a major transition this year, losing four offensive linemen, losing Ian Book and their defensive coordinator. So I have them winning it. Uh, and their threat within the conference is Miami. They beat them 62 to 26 last year and rolled up like 700 yards. So I feel confident there. And that's they do that at uh, Miami too. Pick. Yeah. For sure. So, uh, so I think they go 11 and one. I'm not calling for an undefeated year. I think they go 11 and one. They're actually favored in all 12. If you look at the, if you're into the Vegas side of this stuff, but I think they go 11 and one setting up a win and in against Clemson in December. And they have the firepower on the outsides on offense to do it. So uh, UNC's my pick to win the ACC and, and go to the playoffs. I love it, man. I really do. The, the personnel, the schedule, you're exactly right. I've been watching a lot of tape this offseason, trying to get ready for 2021. I've seen a lot of the same things that you were talking about. I think this, I know it might seem kind of outlandish for people just on the surface, but if you dig a little deeper, like I, obviously you have, this, I don't think it's all that outlandish. I think it's a really, really strong pick. I like it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, and I'll get you out of here on this one, Brett. But I want to talk about the team that you have North Carolina beating in the ACC title game. And that, of course, is the Clemson Tigers who the, the Georgia Bulldogs just so happened to be playing to open the season in Charlotte in the highest profile non-con game of the season. Um, we are just a little bit excited down here in these parts about that game, just a little bit. Uh, but you said earlier that you think Georgia wins that game. They're going to beat Clemson in week one. So what do you think gives the dogs the edge in that season opener against Clemson? There's a couple of things I really like in this matchup. Uh, right away, it's Clemson's offensive line versus Georgia's front seven. Um, you know, we talk about what happened last year to Clemson's offense. It took a step back in some games. They weren't, uh, they weren't able to establish the run like they used to in, 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 uh, in past years. And I know it's a high bar because I think they led the nation a few years in a row with yards per carry. But uh, from that peak, they were down the middle of the pack, around 60th or 70th nationally in that category last year. Uh, and, th- and that was with Travis Etienne, uh, the ACC's all-time leading rusher. So Etienne's gone. 
This offensive line struggled last year big time, and now you have a Georgia front seven ready to rip them to shreds. Uh, Tyler Davis back and uh, Anderson off the edge and Kobe Dean, and you guys know all the names. It's, uh, you know, it's five stars everywhere. I love right. that specific matchup. You have a guy, DJU, at quarterback, and, yeah, he looked great his first two starts. There's really no guarantee that this changing of the guard at quarterback is going to go seamlessly. Um, they, they, they've been pretty lucky. It's unprecedented to go four in a row. They had Taj Boyd, incredible. Deshaun Watson, incredible, as everyone knows. And Trevor Lawrence, the first overall pick. So to make it four in a row, I know we saw a glimpse of him last year, but there's no, you know, there's no guarantee that he's going to be at that level of a first-round, first overall pick right away out of the gate. That's his first start of 2021. So, um, so there's that. Uh, and really, as a, on an abstract level, this might not factor into the game pick, but just program-wise, you saw Georgia really win the transfer portal. I mentioned this by bringing in an All-American safety, um, you know, a five-star tight end. Clemson's one of the only programs out there that hasn't really modernized in that sense. Uh, Dabo Sweeney's really anti-transfer. Um, so, you know, in the same sense that all these programs are bolstering up any kind of roster holes they might have, uh, or like we said, nitpicking, but any kind of roster gaps, Clemson does not have that uh, benefit. So um, who knows? I, that might not factor into game one, week one, but I think that they're stepping behind in terms of the dynasty level without uh, embracing the times with that. Yeah, you and I are of the same mind, very much so in that matchup. But uh, this was fantastic, Brett. I, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for coming on and giving us, giving us a little bit of your time today. Oh, thanks, Tyler. Yeah, anytime. And uh, good luck to the dogs. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in your corner this year. Uh, it's good to be back after a year down in Gainesville. So uh, welcome me back for having me, and um, we'll talk soon. All right, man. Sounds great. Take care. All right, guys. So that was, again, Brett Ciancia from Pick 6 Previews. As you can tell from listening to that interview, he is a walking college football encyclopedia. And I'm telling you, I say this without reservation, guys. I really do. His publication is 100% the best, most in-depth college football preview out there on the market. I didn't really discover it until last year, to be entirely honest with you guys. And I'm I'm really glad I did discover it, but I'm also kind of frustrated that it took me as long as it did. I think he'd been doing it for eight years going into last year. That took me that long to actually find it. But we found it now, and I'm here to tell you it is the best out there on the market. And it's also a digital publication, which means that Brett is also able to account for all the roster changes, like we mentioned earlier, far better than the traditional preview magazines, which honestly, for me, that's one of the frustrating things about those traditional magazines, because they have to go to the printer like in late April, May, sometime around there. And obviously now with the transfer portal, there is a lot of movement after that. So I'm not going to say that those magazines are completely obsolete and irrelevant by the time you pick one up, but in, in some cases, they kind of are. Like really, Some of their predictions don't factor in some of the key players that teams, some of the top teams add or they lose throughout the summer and with the transfer portal. But that's not the case with Brett's pick six previews. And the guy has built this thing up from the ground up. He really has, literally by himself. He loves college football, as you can tell, like all of us. So if you love college football and you want to know more than all your friends and your coworkers, if you want to show off that college football knowledge, you're already ahead of the game, at least in my opinion, by listening to this podcast. But you further enhance it by buying a copy of Pick 6 Previews. You don't even have to go anywhere to buy it, guys. It's entirely convenient. Just go to pick6previews.com. Check out some sample pages that he provides. Kind of get a feel for how great it is. If you don't believe me, you don't want to take my word for it, that's fine. He gives you some sample pages to check out. 
Then you can buy a copy directly on the website, and then you will get a link with access to all of his content that will be sent directly to your email address. I'm telling you guys, again, a thousand percent worth it. But all right, guys, thank you for listening today, for checking the show out. We will be back next week. We got a lot more content. Like Honestly, there's not enough time to fit in all the content that we want to fit in by the time September 4th rolls around. Like we have a list of things that we want to do and things we want to cover, episodes that we that we want to produce for you guys. And we're like, well, how are we possibly going to fit all this in? So we've got a ton of things that we're going to try to fit in as best we possibly can over the next couple of weeks. I'll also be back next week with the latest edition of our Summer Scout the Enemy series. We did South Carolina this week. Got back on track with that. We'll have Arkansas for you guys next week. We're just going down the schedule, game by game by game. So we'll have that next week. Curse will be back on, continuing our countdown of Georgia's top 20 players heading into this 2021 season. And who knows, there also just might be another Charlie side. We'll see. We'll see if we can actually get her back in town. We'll see what happens. But all right, guys, have an awesome weekend. Thanks for listening. I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs. <laughs>